Hello again, and welcome to the Stouting Off podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Welcome again to the Stouting Off podcast. I am your host, now and forevermore, Drew Stoutenberg, and I am joined live in studio, as always, by my producer, Jordan. Jordan, how are you, man? Doing great, thank you. And that's something I just love to hear. Um, I just, just moments before, well, maybe an hour or so before we started you know, recording today, just got back from the gym, and the highlight of my day now is... I got this bar soap. My dad ordered this Harry's bar soap. That's what the brand is called. It's like this designer bar soap. The highlight of my day is just lathering up with that after I work out or do yard work or just do anything that requires, you know, sweat removal, you know, and this stuff is so awesome. But um, it's funny. For some reason, my dad has started to get me like toiletries and like grooming products and stuff. Like for example, for my 32nd birthday back in May, he 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 was like, "Drew, I got something coming in the mail for you." I'm like, "Cool." It was aftershave and like lotion, like face lotion. <laughs> like mismatched. <laughs> like one like the lotion was Everyman Jack and then the aftershave was like, I don't know, it was like aqua blue or something like I don't know where he got this from, but I'm like, "Cool." Sick gift, man. Thank you. Happy birthday to me. Cool, cool. So anyway, this past week, he's like, Drew, I got something coming for you in the mail. And I open the mail. I get the package, and it's bar soap. It's four bars of soap. It's des- <laughs> designer soap. I'm like, are you trying to tell me something? Like, First of all, the aftershave was great because clearly I shave a lot. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm close shaving here, you know. Every day. Every day. If you're if you're not watching the podcast, I have kind of a beard, a bit of a beard. So of course I'm not shaven, um, but nonetheless I do appreciate the lotion, and more importantly, I appreciate the gesture. Um, Dad, if you're listening to this, love you. Thanks for the stuff. Honestly, do love the soap though. It's uh, it's changed my life in in the few days that I've had it. Um, <laughs> I thought about my dad recently, uh, just yesterday, in fact, when I was thinking about ideas to talk about on the podcast. And I thought about him because sometimes when I'll just like twist my, like say I'm pivoting, open the fridge and I got something out, close the fridge and I just go to turn to walk away. My knees will just like click for no reason. (laughs) And so I remembered this. (laughs) This is so stupid. I remembered this memory. Um, When we were younger, we went to a ski resort, treetops, and I believe it was Gaylord, Michigan. My brother, me, and my dad. The first day we get, like, I mean, we've got weeks of anticipation building up for this. We're probably, I'm maybe I'm nine, Greg's 12, and dad is probably around my age, honestly. No, his dad was probably pushing 40 or maybe a bit over. Anyway, weeks of anticipation leading up to this trip. We're just like, we cannot wait to freaking hit the slopes. It's going to be so fun. And they've got this cool, like, it's a whole inclusive resort, treetops, or at least it was back then. So we check in on the first day. We walk into the lobby, and you know that smell, like when you when you're on vacation, the hotel lobby smell. It smells like the pool, yeah. Like that, I always just associate that with positive, like memories and positive experience. So we check in, and we're just so pumped. We go up to the room. We're like bouncing on the beds, you know, just stuff you do when you're a kid, and you check into a hotel room, and we're like, cool. 
all right, well, we got our lift tickets for tomorrow. We're ready to ski and cut up the slopes. You know, we got we got all night. You know, it's probably 5 or 6 p.m. We got all night. Like, what do you guys want to do? We're not hungry. You know, you know, had dinner on the way here. And so we're like, let's go down to the, the hotel pool. We're like, sure. This is going to be awesome. So we get into the pool doing, you know, doing some laps here or there. Dad probably is. And Greg and I are probably like fighting and dunking each other, but all in good spirits. Cause again, it's just a positive thing at this point. And we get into the hot tub and we're just like, ah, you know what you do when you get in the hot tub, you throw the elbows up just, ah, this is great. And so we're like, okay, well let's, um, you know, we're all set here. Let's go see what else the, the hotel has to offer, what the resort grounds have to offer. I get out of the hot tub. Greg gets out of the hot tub. And as dad is getting out of the hot tub, he steps up on the ledge and he starts to stand up and his knee just gives out. <laughs> and I shouldn't be <laughs> laughing about this. But his knee gives out. Uh, just a, Again, this is just a like a two-foot step up. It's, we're not talking like he's, he was stepping up four feet. He goes to step two feet out of the hot tub. His knee gives out and he's just, guys, you got to go, you got to go get somebody to help. He's incapacitated with like, we can't move. He's immobile. So an ambulance comes first night of vacation. An ambulance comes, takes the three of us to the hospital. Dad blew out his knee and vacation canceled. No way. Dude. <laughs> we go home the next morning. Oh, yeah. Driving with his left foot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's unreal. I feel bad to laugh about it. But every time like my knee clicks or like I do like, you know, say I'm training legs. I do a one legged squat or something. I always think about that motion of my dad getting out of the hot tub and just he just bit the dust like he was just incapacitated. Like I said, with pain, shouldn't say bit the dust. Um. Oh my gosh, my brother and I still like, we'll just remind each other of that every two or three years and we'll just cry just with laughter. Um, I was at the gym today, like I said, the guy next to me had baby breath. You know that's the how kids like zero, ages zero to like three or four have this particular smelling breath? Yeah. This guy had it and he was probably 35. That's the whole story. Sick. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah, but baby breath, huh? Um, I also learned when I was 16 years old, baby's breath is different. Baby's breath is the little flowers that go in the corsage yeah. that you give to your date yeah. for homecoming. Kimmy Grant. And that's all they're made for. And that's, that's I feel what like they it grow is, for. It is. They're bred for that. <laughs> uh, they're bred for specifically for corsages. And is, is it a boutonniere? I believe it's a boutonniere. Yeah. Wow, that's a word that, again, if you put a gun to my head, would never have any idea of how to spell boutonniere. That's right up there with connoisseur. Yeah. Um, how do you tell someone when they have food in their teeth? Do you tell someone? Like, are you are you a person who... It depends on how close I am with them, okay. honestly. Yeah. It's the most uncomfortable situation ever. And I see, I totally see it's a, it's um, a bit of a catch 22, right? I've never fully known how to use that expression, but it's, it's, it's damned if you do and damned if you don't kind of, Mm -hmm. that's at least that's how I feel. A lot of people are like, no, I welcome it. Please tell me, please tell me. I went on a, uh, 
a date several years ago with this girl. We were in Detroit at, um, what was that place called? Mm. Some like cool, trendy, new place. What's that place? We always used to, it's by St. Andrew's Hall. We always used to go there like before shows and stuff. Um, I don't know. Anyway, it's a cool spot. And she got something in her teeth. And this was like for the last 45 minutes of the, the lunch date first meeting wanted to make a good impression so i'm not going to say hey i'm feeling i'm vibing too hey by the way you got a little i can't do that you got a little cilantro right here yeah oh my gosh so she actually went to the bathroom at some point she came back she was like oh my gosh drew i had a piece of something in my teeth this whole time and i was like oh really I, you know i didn't know i didn't even notice no it's just no i i, I mean I guess I was just looking in your eyes the whole time. I didn't even notice the the huge piece of parsley right here in between teeth number one and, or whatever the teeth numbers are. <laughs> right in your front incisors here. I never noticed that. Wow. Well, anyway, so like we were talking about, what do you do for work again? That's cool. Cool, cool. Anyway, I always remember that. And looking back on it, that whole thing went sideways after three dates. Part of me wonders, had I said something, hey, You've got cilantro in your teeth. Would it have changed the outcome? I was gutted by by her. Um, yeah, totally got ghosted. She worked for a soccer team, like the Detroit City Football Club, DCFC. Dang. Man, she was cool. How are you supposed to tell somebody, though? Like, on honestly. On first like, meeting. Uh, yeah. I mean, if it's like your bro, like if we were out to eat, I'd be like, hey, you've got something. you got a little something. Yeah, doesn't matter. If it's Monica, I've got to wait until like nobody's around. And I'll be like, hey, you got something in your teeth. Or just like point to it and then she'll like whatever. And at that point, would she be like put off that you said anything? Or I mean, I'm sure she would oh, be so happy. Receptive, yeah. And thank you for, yeah, thank you for p- picking the time, you know, selectively choosing the yeah. time when you did that. Hey, Monica, you have something in your teeth, by the way. <laughs> you, Everybody stop what they're you doing. Take a look. glass. You take a glass with a knife. <laughs> ching, 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 ching. I'd like to say a, a few words. <laughs> My beautiful wife. Oh, before I go on, I got a little. <laughs> Got a little schmutz. And that's actually all I had to say about the toast. So. <laughs> cheers. Raise a glass. So cheers, or toast, as our friend Will would say. Um, <laughs> man, two nights ago, my neighbor was mowing the lawn at almost 9.30 p.m., 9.22. And it's summer is coming to an end here, and it, so it's getting dark. It was dark out by 9.22 and the reason I knew this is, or the reason I knew he was mowing the lawn is not because I know exactly what a lawnmower no, like, knows like. Not because I know exactly what a sound, a sound mower knows like. Not exact. <laughs> not because I know. <laughs> Having a stroke right on the air. It's cool. It's not because the sound was that distinct. It's because I looked out and his lawnmower, I looked out across the street. His lawnmower has headlights on it. Actual headlights which I've never seen before. And it's not an electric mower either, which that sounds like something that an electric mower might have is headlights. But this is a gas mower with headlights on it. It's almost like the manufacturer is like encouraging them. Yeah, go ahead and mow the lawn at nighttime. Your neighbors won't care. Well, this neighbor cares. Actually, Hmm. I like that guy a lot though. Justin, he's a good guy. Came over and introduced himself to me a couple months after I moved in. Why it took him so long, I don't know. Probably because we were in a global pandemic and it was in March. But anyway, mowing the lawn at night, simply do not do that. Don't do that. 
don't do that. Um, thank you, Evan Eliason at the Vanguard Room in Lakeland, Florida, for that soundbite as well. Um, love you. Speaking of another thing, don't do this, is um, don't hover and stalk somebody to their car for a parking spot. You know? Yes. I think that's the tackiest behavior of all time. I know some people who will just circle the parking lot. Tons of spots, say, there are tons of spots available, eight spots and beyond, away from the door, say, Mm -hmm. distance-wise. But they'll just circle around for, like, the front four. I'm like, by the time, and I always do this. If I see somebody doing this, I I come up with a game in my own mind. I'm like, okay, so while you're circling, I'm going to go park far away, and I am committing to being in the door before you get in there. Yeah. I do this. Um, people do this at Kroger all the time. My Kroger that I shop at here. People do this at the YMCA, our gym. Now I park in a parking structure for that. And people will like wait and stalk people to their cars right by the, the door where you take the elevator up. I'm like, you're, you're going to the gym to exercise. What is an extra 50 steps going to do? Yeah. And now maybe. I yeah, maybe 50 steps. Yeah. And now I'm spouting off. I'm stouting off, quite frankly. But that's something that needs to be said, especially at the gym. That's that's where I really don't understand it. I covet the opportunity to take an up, extra couple steps. <laughs> the words aren't flowing tonight, boys. Love to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Someone did that to me at the mall the other day. Followed you to your car. With with the kids. So like <laughs> they were waiting. I was like putting a baby in there. <laughs> yeah. I was putting Jude in there. I buckled him up. Then I noticed they were waiting. And so I just took my sweet time. Oh, I'll do that too. Get and in the car, what? check the check yeah. Instagram. They waited the entire time. At that point, I was like midway back in the parking lot too. It wasn't, it wasn't that good of a spot. No, you said it was at the mall. It was Opry. Opry, yeah. yeah. Big parking lot too. Plenty of spots. Plenty of spots. I just went to Bed Bath and Beyond there last Sunday, and that's when I got my walk and everything. Yeah, I parked far away. Enjoyed yeah. the walk. It was a nice day. I always and park I enjoyed in the between. <laughs> Bed Bath and Beyond and H and M. That's where I park. Solid spot. That's the that's the spot. Not super high traffic over there. You didn't laugh at my joke, and that's fine. Um, I said I enjoyed my walk, and I enjoyed my walk. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I do if I'm in a group of friends. So now you, as the listener, the watcher, you feel like you're here because if somebody doesn't hear my joke, and I feel like, man, that was actually pretty funny, I'm going to run it back. And that's what I did. You should write a book. Walk of life. <laughs> Walk this way. <laughs> Walk the line. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of some other ones, but my, my brain went, went nope. Um, the timer went out, by the way. Can you touch on? It locked your phone. Um, how long should should a person keep a greeting card like a birthday card or a christmas card or an anniversary card or whatever and i'll i'm gonna answer that question with my own anecdote prior to maybe a year ago i kept all cards that i ever received in like a drawer in my nightstand and for some reason because i i never go back and reread cards and I've got this book. My brother got me this book. It is on my shelf over there. It's called Goodbye Things. And it's a book on Japanese minimalism. And um, basically, 
he, a lot of the philosophies that this guy talks about in Goodbye Things is a lot of the stuff that Marie Kondo kind of got famous for in Tidying Up, the show on Netflix. And um, so in that, he writes that like he doesn't keep like hard copies of pictures or <laughs> greeting cards or any of this stuff anymore. And basically, just removing the sacredness from everyday objects like that. Now, I will concede that a greeting card that somebody writes, you know, happy 30th birthday, what a milestone. I'm just speaking like success and and joy over your life and stuff like this. Okay, so there that's a little bit more sentimental perhaps than if somebody gave you like a shot glass, <laughs> shot glass souvenir. But even so, I I that person and I who wrote me that card <laughs> I don't know if you guys could hear that. Some stray cat in the background or something. Um, the person and I, who wrote me that card and I are still close. And we are like the card doesn't define the, the relationship. Okay. So basically I throw out cards the week after I get them. You know, like I'll just sit with them and I'll put them on my fridge usually. If it's a birthday card or Christmas card or whatever. Put them on my fridge for like a week. And then I will honor the card and honor the person and then just gently recycle it and give it back to earth quite frankly do you hear me on that for sure i always feel like a little bit of hesitation to throw out cards and guilt guilt we're conditioned or to just that. like it's just like sentimental you know yeah like if monica writes me a card my mom writes me a card it's like i should probably put this in a shoebox somewhere yeah but i should never do that <laughs> based on my teachings <laughs> <laughs> My young pupil, pupil. Uh, that's cool. So, <laughs> I I also when I moved homes, I had this box of like pic, framed pictures, photographs, and and pictures, and which are the same thing, and also just other personal things. <laughs> <laughs> so I know synonyms. That's cool. And when I was like looking for somewhere to put them, I ran out of wall space because I didn't want just like all my walls around the house to be pictures of me and my friends and my family um so i honored those pictures i spent time with them and then i threw them away frame pictures because ultimately a picture isn't a person and it's not like i'm going away to war and i need to remember what these people look like can facetime them anytime i want can look at photos on my phone anytime i want of them you know so I don't know. I just kind of removed some of the sacredness from that. But yeah, I've been throwing out greeting cards for the past year. It would kind of be cool to do like a, uh, I've been in a, a mode of transferring all of like my hard drive space to a cloud service. Oh, cool. It would be fun to look back on if you didn't have like the hard copy of that and you just like snapped a picture of the greeting card and put it in the cloud, you know, with a folder called greeting cards that I've gotten. <laughs> yeah. And then you could like go back and whatever. That would actually you know. be really cool. And it would save you space. And yeah, that's what that guy in this book, Goodbye Things. What? It's called the, the New Japanese Minimalism is like the subtitle by Fumio Sasaki. Anyway, Goodbye Things. In that book, he scanned all of his photos. He scanned all of his like greeting cards, documents, everything. It's all stored electronically or digitally. I don't really know the difference. Um. So he just has them on like a flash drive with probably a backup flash drive as well. Yeah. Do you know the answer to kind of what I just inquired about digitally versus electronically? 
No. It's probably synonymous. Probably the same. Big synonym guy today. Yep. Photographs um, and pictures. Look at this graph. Every time I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a it's been a fun thing. I I actually like freaked out one day uh, when I had my so I have four hard drives, three two terabyte hard drives, and then one four terabyte hard drive. And so is that one, eight hard drives? Oh no no! All right, you're saying I have four. <laughs> three of them are this one. Okay. Yeah. And so the one that. big one is like what I call like my safe. Like this is all of the you all know, the important stuff. All the important stuff. And I was like, what if one day it just crashed? Yeah. And I lost it. Truly, that happens, right? You know, the reason I didn't keep it on my computer is because I wanted if your it to be crashed. safe, right? <laughs> yeah, if your computer crashed, then yeah. you're like, yeah, what's my backup? Oh, if my backup fails, I'm fricked. There's no backup. There's no backup. That's why my guy, Sasaki-san, in that book, he's got two backup hard drives, from what I remember. Um, I want to go straight into our next segment, What Have I Been Watching? Love Dara Sneed on that little run. Watching. Um, anyway, <laughs> I've been watching. Uh, I told you a couple episodes ago, huge into Cobra Kai, which I finished since then on Netflix. And that kind of got me into this like ninja mode. Uh, ninjas <laughs> and like like martial arts, even though I never part- had partaken in martial arts as a kid, um, was a big part of my childhood. I think I was a ninja for Halloween probably four years in a row. There's a funny picture of me as a ninja in um, kindergarten. I should try to find. Um, for Halloween, Evan McGuire was as well. And um, Vincent Van Ost was also one. Wow, these names are just coming to me right now. That's it's pretty special. The memory is a special thing. And I'm going to talk about that another time because I'm reading a book on memory right now. All that to say, ninjas. I have been watching uh, Mortal Kombat. I watched it once on, on Netflix. And Mortal Kombat, when, I remember when it came out. Jordan, can you give me the year on Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat. With 1995. A, 1995 sounds about right. When it came out, my brother and I, we thought it was the coolest, most awesome movie ever because we used to play Mortal Kombat and Sega Genesis nonstop. So it comes out and you can see real live action Goro with four arms. And you can see Shang Tsung who turns into people and Scorpion and Sub-Zero. It was unbelievable. So fast forward, I hadn't watched it since 95, give or take, well, or like two or three years after that probably. So fast forward, doing math, 25 years. Watched it recently. It was so unbelievably corny. It was like the special effects were completely shot. Didn't hold up like Jurassic Park did, which I talked about another time. And... The acting was terrible and all this stuff. But still, the power of nostalgia made it great. I enjoyed the whole like hour and you know 45 minutes or so. Nostalgia is a really powerful thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nostalgia is the same reason why I will watch Saved by the Bell now. You know, like I'll dial that up on Hulu. And if I watched Saved by the Bell for the first time today, I'd be like, this is this is so corny. Yeah, acting is terrible. It's whack, but I watch it now. And I'm like, man, I'm feeling, I'm feeling things. Sure, you know, yeah. And I think that's why people watch Friends, because I've tried to get into Friends as an adult. It sucks. 
Hot take there. I know I'm probably going to lose some some listeners and some followers on this. Friends is not. Did you ever watch that show? Is like as a young person, maybe in like my at, mom. In the time? My yeah, mom was always watching it. Monica's, I mean, fan of the year. Any person who is to discover it um, right now, I would I would have to bet wouldn't like it. Sure, you know. Um, anyway, all that to say, nostalgia is a powerful thing. Mortal Kombat, that's what I've been watching. For our 200th episode, I want a band live to play all those little transitions and segues. Think we could get the Vanguard Room guys up here? Yeah, let's get them up here. Um, Just to hang, too. Straight up. That'd be special. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a bunch of creative geniuses down there and they're also funny and so you'd love them on this show bring some comedic relief um i have another topic i wanted to talk about remember the left behind books yeah they adorned the shelves of every evangelical every christian in this country i'm pretty sure between the years of 1998 and probably 2003 and i at that time wasn't quite i was a young guy i was probably like 10 12 so at that time, I read the kids' version. Yeah, me they, too. They made 30-something of these books. Yeah. It was like, I couldn't wait until the next one came out. Um, and then they came out with the movies, which Kirk Cameron did the first one, I think, and then Nicolas Cage did a reboot not even too long ago. Um, <laughs> I thought about Left Behind recently. I don't really know why. I, oh, yeah, I saw Kirk Cameron like yeah on social media somewhere, and I'm like, man... That guy had an interesting career too. That guy was in Growing Pains, with right? Not was it Growing Pains? Yeah, yeah, it's Growing Pains. I don't know why I'm second guessing myself. You know who else was on Growing Pains? <laughs> growing Brains. <laughs> growing Brains. It was a sci-fi show on Discovery Channel, and they synthesized neurons from no. Um, <laughs> growing Brains. <laughs> growing Pains. Leo DiCaprio was on Growing Pains. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, early early days, I think. Um, and so was, uh, Robin Thicke's dad, Alan Thicke, the OG Thicke with an E on the end. Um, but yeah, I watched, or, uh, yeah, I watched the Left Behind movie. I remember way back when it was shot. Christian media in general is shot. Like I'm a Christian for sure, but I'll be the first one to, to say that like a lot of like the stuff that's supposed to be cool and it's marketed as cool and like. Yeah, we got this big name actor, some B or C list actor, and you know what? So much, so often that stuff comes out and it's whack. Yeah, you know, um, it's bad. But there are a lot of there's a lot of really good Christian art out there too, like music and all kinds of things. But cinema, for the most part, like it's just it's it's hard to do like cool, you know. Yeah. And I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Yeah, me either. That's, yeah. that's actually a, like why you it's a know? head scratcher. You're using the same like technology and all this stuff, but it, usually the acting is bad. Um, but if you're like, if you're fifty plus, you're loving it. <laughs> this is the best movie. I think you should see it. Yeah, that includes like the grandma demographic as well. Like my grandma's buying. If say Left Behind rebooted today, and it's coming out spring of 2021. Grandma's buying her ticket right now, and yeah. she's going to be there 
she's going to camp out the night before like it's the, like it's Thanksgiving night she's camping out for Black Friday. Yeah. It's so true, dude. They have a special special demographic, a special niche. 50 and up. They love it. 50 and up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was an article I wanted to read. This came uh, uh I, I came across this on LinkedIn. So listen to this. I'm going to tell you the synopsis of it. And then I'm going to read you a couple snippets and then let's discuss it. Okay. But first I'm going to burp off the mic. Cool. <laughs> a little bit came out. Need to get burped. Um, <laughs> dude, I'm gurgling. I don't know why. Um, so that's cool. The synopsis of this article is that after being in quarantine and working from home for you know, several months on end, people are becoming, and there's this term that I've never seen before, socially clumsy. And I feel socially clumsy because I've stammered 16 times tonight, but that's not what socially clumsy means. It means you kind of forget your rhythm of how to talk to people and how to interact. Mm. And, you know, and I've found myself, you know, like our church has started to meet again, you know, socially distant and very limited capacity and stuff. But now I'm around people again. And sometimes I forget kind of how to conduct myself, <laughs> Yeah, you know, in conversation. Um, after months of isolation and distancing, have we all become socially awkward? That's the question posed by the New York Times, which notes that deprived of peer interaction, it's not just children who become socially clumsy. Much like prisoners and astronauts who report feeling more awkward and intolerant, when they reenter normal life, psychologists say the pandemic is having the same effect on many of us. Hmm. More awkward and intolerant. I don't know what the intolerant aspect is in terms of this context, but isolation experts recommend people make efforts to stay socially nimble. I like that. And to understand that when people do emerge from the pandemic, they may have changed. And this is a quote here. Research on prisoners... Polar explorers and others who have spent extended periods in isolation indicates social skills are like muscles that atrophy from lack of use. And many of us have not met anyone new in months. I can, I can testify to that. As we all gradually reemerge from our confinement and widen our social circles, don't expect anyone or anything to be the same. Hmm. I identify, and that's all it said. I identify with that though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can I can see that for sure. In me? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you you've lost some of your social nimbleness, agility. Um yeah, but you know what? I get yeah, it. you can relate to I that, get it. right? Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to tear it in half. <laughs> that was not a graceful tear. Old set list on the back. It was actually hard to read because I can just see like huge text on the back. I thought you were going to read the set list because I could see the other side of it. No, I get that. I think that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Like you're out of practice. I mean, just like take, take any situation that you're in. Like if you stop practicing or if you stop interacting with someone, it's going to be weird getting back into it. You're rusty. Totally. I like to talk. I liked how the, the, the article talked about, your like social skills being like a muscle that will just atrophy if if you it's use it or lose it pretty much. Yeah. You know? You gotta be able to get it back though. Yeah, you can work it back. I mean, that has to do with the capacity of the individual and the you know, the discipline and the commitment to to gain it. 
to gain it back. Just like after you've been out of the gym for a while. Yeah. You can testify to that too. Yeah, I you can. Know? Yeah. I'd love to get you back, by the way, because we had a really solid handful of months I there. I got to get back. It was nice. I struggled with you, with you without you there today, and I almost got trapped under the bar at one point, which has never happened to me, thank God. But I can only imagine that as being the most embarrassing experience of all time. Sure. Yeah. It got to be. There's a lot of girls downtown Nashville, too, like in working around and just for some reason, I don't know why, but... It would just be particularly embarrassing to get trapped under a bar when there are a ton of girls around. <laughs> and they come lift it off. <laughs> Six of them? No, just one. <laughs> just one. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, dang. I thought I was hitting my stride. Um, I've met a good a good little community there in the gymnasium, the downtown Y. Um, yeah, I'll take community anywhere I can get it. I work... I've mentioned before I work from from home remotely and so yeah I, I I have little pockets of community and church at the gym and you know I've met friends like through you guys and through other friends and stuff but that's just an important part of my day I need to up my steps though I wear a Fitbit and like I'll track my steps at the end of a day I'll be at like 4,000 steps that's pathetic it's shot it's bad do you know have you ever tracked your steps on no. iPhone or anything I guarantee you're hitting a, like a 10,000 mark probably. And that's my goal. Like I think 10,000 is a good day. Um, it's not necessarily easy, but it's for sure doable. Most most days I end between four and 6,000. It's, uh, it's, it's troubling. I remember when I used to wear my Apple Watch, that's when I would like track it, you know? Yeah. Or it would track me. And, uh, <laughs> I would track the watch. Where's this thing now? <laughs> Pulling up, where's my iPhone? I would um, I would look at the end of the day, like at a trade show in Vegas. Oh, you're getting 30,000. Like, yeah, it's like 27,000. Yeah. And like you've climbed 112 flights of stairs. Because in Vegas, you're walking everywhere. Yeah, you know? those convention centers are ginormous. Yeah. Like, like miles across. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe. And then, I mean, you've got to like, oh, you want to go to eat? Okay, well... Let's go because the cab line is too long. So you just walk and you just keep walking. And then I've only only yeah. been to Vegas one time, and it was for um, the LinkedIn Talent Connect conference. It was when I was in a corporate like recruiting role, and this is actually interesting. It was at a tough time of my year of my life. I had been banking on like this thing with the, a girl to work out, and it didn't right as I was like leaving for Vegas. So I go and I'm just like lonely, sad. I went with my coworker, Carrie, but I think she was pregnant at the time with their second child. So she like couldn't go out and do stuff. Yeah. You know, we kind of did our own thing. We met up for the sessions and all that to say. Um, yeah, I was just gutted and I was like, God, help your boy out. Need you. Can you send me, can you send me somebody? Can you do, can you hook me up here? Give me a, I need some encouragement. And I'm not kidding. Moments later, when I'm in my hotel room, I get a text. Hey, are you in Vegas? And it's from my friend, Xander Younce. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I am. He's like, I am too. I was like, no way. He's like, yeah. And I don't think Xander and I had ever like hung out one-on-one -on -one prior to this. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm here. 
and I was like, no, <laughs> let's let's meet up tonight. And so we met up that night. And Xander's just a funny, if you know this guy, he's just so unbelievably funny. He's never serious. Like, if you want to laugh, this is one of the types of people to have around. He's he's the king of little comments, little snarky comments, and just sarc- he, he speaks sarcasm so fluently. He's he's on a level that most of us aren't. And um, so we meet up. We go to Guy Fieri's restaurant. We go and see the Blue Man Group. And then we meet up the next night again for dinner and stuff after our sessions because he was there for his own conference. Sick. It was so, 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 so special. And um, <laughs> so I'll always, whenever I think of Vegas, I just think of being really sad and then this angel being sent into my life. <laughs> you know, things are going your way when God sends Xander, dude, to Vegas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's gracious. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. He's generous with his gifts. Um, it was just so, that was awesome. I would love to go back to Vegas, though, in a right mind and a right, you know, yeah. emotional state. Um, it w- I will say it was fun to go with work because I don't know if I would have wanted to, like, pay for all that stuff, you know? Yeah. But, it, like, if, if one of my friends ever had a bachelor party, say, in Vegas, I would be, I'd be keen to go. It would never be my thing, but I would I would like to go back as just, like, a non-working and non-heartbroken you yeah. know yeah dude dickie's barbecue pit an unofficial sponsor of the stouting off podcast i love these yellow cups i love their cuisine i love their branding i love everything about them they have a, a location right here in nashville that i actually don't shoot but i haven't had a chance to get down there yet but I'd really like to soon, and I'm going to. I'm committing to going there in September, and I'll definitely let you guys know. But again, if you haven't checked this place out, they're awesome. And no, they don't know we're talking about them right now. I'm just speaking to you because this company, this this product, and all that Dickie stands for has made a, li- a difference in my life, and it's made a life of difference too. So you've been there, George, right? I've been there. Let me turn the logo out here. Not at the Nashville one. I'll go with you. Would you please? Yeah, let's great. do it. I haven't had their uh, jalapeno like cheddar sausage in a long time, and it's so good on a sandwich. Holy mackerel. I've been in five car accidents in my life, none of which I've been <laughs> behind the wheel for, though. And I remember this one, the first one. It kind of really, I really cut my teeth with this one. And I got used to I got I got used to the ropes of the uh, of the car crash <laughs> sensation. It's different. It's a different thing entirely. But when I was say six years old or so, I was in the back seat of my mom's car. She was driving. She was driving me to my grandpa's because she was dropping me off there for the day so she could go to work. Grandpa babysat me, and I'm in the back seat playing with my toys. Okay as we're pulling out of the street, and Grandpa only lives like four miles away from us at this point. And so I'm playing with my toys and I look up and I notice mom's not wearing her seatbelt for some reason. And she still struggles with this today. Do your parents struggle with putting their seatbelt on? No. No. Okay, no. This is a unique thing to my mom. And God bless her. But I don't know why. She struggles with putting her seatbelt on. It's just another detail, I guess. But I notice as a (laughs) six-year-old, hey, Hey, mom, you don't have your seatbelt on. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, thanks for ta- Let me know. Puts the seatbelt in the, the, whatever the thing, it buckled, it, she buckles it in. Receiver. She puts it in the receiver. 
And I kid you not, one mile down the road, we're going through a green light. Somebody runs the red light from the other direction, and we T-bone them, and their car flips. What? And somehow we're we're doing we're doing spins. We do like two 180s, so a full 360. And mom, I remember this like as a kid. I remember the what this looked like. Mom like jerks back to see if I'm okay. She's like, Shoo. "Are you okay? Andrew? Are you okay?" And I remember just playing with the toys and being like, "What happened?" Really? And the relief, now that I'm an adult, the relief of like the, your, you know, a parent hearing their kids say that was probably so great. Like yeah. that was probably such a great relief. <laughs> like you're still playing with your toys. Not to say like I was like, like we just hit a speed bump. I was, I was probably like disturbed, like perturbed from what I was doing, but yeah, to the point where I was just still holding the toys and I was like, what happened? <laughs> Yeah, so that's cool. That was one of the five car accidents I've been in, but I'll tell you tell you about the other uh, other four another time. But that's all the time we've got for today. Um, please, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe on YouTube. Please follow on Instagram. Please share with your friends and family and any loved ones. But uh, until next time, this has been the Stouting Off Podcast where we spout off commentary on the every single day. Stouting Off.